Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. It's the beginning of the end. Da, da, da. Final season begins. That angers me that he can't fold that pizza. I had the same note. Wait, do you but, not like that part of the movie? Because that's no, that's no, 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 the no. movie. No. I thank God every day I know the lyrics to enter the same man. <laughs> after brutal dumping. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I took a brutal dump. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of over 175 episodes, for your listening pleasure. I just realized that we got rid of the hidden gem part of the. Uh... I usually just add it in, but yeah. It was yeah, we, I must have, when did I write that out? Um, Two or three seasons ago. Wow. I'm surprised. I wonder why I wrote that out. I mean, I whatever. Know. I add it in sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's going on? Uh, nothing. I, I, I think this is our last regular movie episode. It is. <laughs> and I think I understand. Like. You chose the Mel Gibson one for last, right? Just because it's Mel Gibson. You're like, listen, if we get any blowback, it doesn't matter. It's our last episode. <laughs> Why did it's you do right? that movie with Mel Gibson? <laughs> is this our first Mel Gibson film? This is our first Mel Gibson film. Oh, wow. I mean, we've talked about him before. I didn't even yeah. think of that. I'm pretty sure this is our first one. He's such a He was such a big star back in the day. He's still a big star. Granted, it's, it's not as bright as many others, but he's still a big name. He's a name, but yeah. he's kind of a direct-to-DVD name now. Uh, no, that's not true because I've seen him in a lot of stuff that's like it's more like boss level. Uh, yeah, well, boss <laughs> level. But like he did that one where he was the madman and the mathematician or the something like that where he was they were building the dictionary, the first dictionary, him and Sean Penn or something like that. Wasn't that also a streaming movie? No, it was VOD. It okay. was, it was yeah. VOD. Yeah. 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 So VOD guy. well, anyways, <laughs> we are doing this week. We're doing the 1997 film Conspiracy Theory. So we'll get into that. We'll get into the show and then we'll end this episode. Okay. <laughs> New York City cabbie Jerry Fletcher is an expert at, on paranoid conspiracy theories. He is also infatuated with government lawyer Alice Sutton, who permits his attention because he once rescued her from a mugging. However, when Jerry is captured and put through psychotic tests by Dr. Jonas, he realizes there is an actual conspiracy. After escaping, Jerry enlists Alice's help, but she wonders whether he has uncovered a real threat or is just insane. Did you see this in the theater? I always usually ask that after. I've but. never seen it in the theater, but I've I've seen it before. Okay. But a while ago. Yeah, me too. All right. So conspiracy theory has a runtime of 135 minutes. Ooh, rated R. Production budget somewhere between 75 and 80 million dollars. It was released on Friday, August 8th. 1997, so it was a summer movie. Opening weekend, it did $19.3 million. Domestic, 75.9. International, $61 million for a worldwide total of $136.9 million. So, yeah, mild hit. Um, if you're not, if you're including... Uh, worldwide and stuff? Yeah. Well, if you're including... Uh, what should we call it? Uh, advertising. Advertising. Production company was Silver Pictures and Schuler Donner slash Donner Productions, distributed by Warner Brothers. So it came out on the 8th of August, 1997. and went up against in a wide release, Free Willy 3, The Rescue, and How to Be a Player. I don't ever saw The Rescue. I don't remember it. Nope. Uh, the week after the 15th of August, you had a wide release of Event Horizon, an episode we did hey. a while back, Copland and the movie Steel, and a limited release of The Full Monty. Very good film. The week before, steel, right? You talk about steel, of course. Yeah, of okay. course, I'm talking about steel. Is that the one where he says I've been dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs? Yes, sir. Excellent. <laughs> uh, August first, <laughs> you had a wide release of Spawn, Airbud, and Picture Perfect. The first Airbud, we found its release date. The first Airbud, <laughs> and a limited release of In the Company of Men, which is a really good film. Spawn is. I know that people wanted that to be a great film, but it was less than I would. I assume. like Spawn. Yeah, but, but it's not young. a great film. But John Leguizamo is phenomenal as the uh, bad guy. In gotcha. Movie. I actually saw that at the fourplex that oh, I remember seeing. I, I worked there. Hey, I probably was there working because that was 97. So that's about, yeah, four years into me working there. Hmm, interesting. 
Uh, this, I was 10. This film was directed by Richard Donner, uh, who's done Superman, Lethal Weapon, and The Omen. He's written by, this is written by Brian Helgeland, who's done Payback. Was He won an Oscar for his writing for LA Confidential, and he was nominated for an Oscar for Mystic River. Cinematographer was John Schwartzman. He was nominated for an Oscar for Seabiscuit. He also did Armageddon and Jurassic World Dominion. But let's not hold that against him. Composer mm. was Carter Burwell, who was uh, nominated for two Oscars, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and Carol. He's also done The Founder and The Banshees of Inisherin, which I was wrong. I told you that it was on Disney Plus section HBO Max. I was wrong. I okay. apologize. Because on apologize. the bottom of the IMDb page for uh, Conspiracy Theory, they're advertising. Yeah, Branches of it's Inisherin. HBO Max. I mean, I'm like, and when is it coming? I'm going to tell you this. I watched about 45 minutes of an hour of it, and I had to shut it off because I was going to bed. But I was right. just like, no, I don't know. Listen, I know everyone loves it. And I'm not saying it's not good. It was just it was late at night. So I'm just like. Oh, it seems like a kind of a boring movie. It was. Yeah. It, 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 not. It's like and, a play. And no. F- in no fault of the movie, it's probably more so I'm watching it too late at night, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's I not have, a late, late I, night movie. Right, I have to go back to it. Anyways, edited by Kevin Stitt and Frank J. Uh, Uriosti. Stitt has done Jurassic World, Paycheck, and X-Men. And Uriosti has done, uh, actually, he was nominated for three Oscars for Basic Instinct, Die Hard, and RoboCop. Produced by Richard Donner and Joel Silver. Donner has produced Maverick, Demon Knight, and The Goonies. He's also directed Maverick, I believe. Yes. Silver has done, amongst other things, The Nice Guys, The Matrix, and Die Hard. And not much else recently, for those who know. Um, Mel Gibson plays Jerry Fletcher. He has won two Oscars for Best Director and for Best Picture, which he was the producer for the movie Braveheart. He was nominated as Best Director for uh, Hacksaw Ridge, and he also is in Lethal Weapon and a a bunch of other things that you probably, from the 80s, that he was all over the place. Julia Roberts plays Alice Sutton. She won an Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. She's nominated for Steel Magnolias, Pretty Woman, and August Osage County. Patrick Stewart as Dr. Jonas, and at one moment, Mr. Finch, but he's really just Dr. Jonas. No first name. Uh, We all know him from Star Trek, The Next Generation, and X-Men, amongst other things. Right, Butler? That's right. Steve Kahan as Wilson. He is the, he's in most of the Donner Donner films. He was the... uh, Police chief, or I guess the police chief in all the oh, Lethal Weapon movies. He's, a police chief, he's yeah. always he's always in mostly Donner films. He's not in anything else. Terry Alexander as Flip from the 1985 Day of the Dead and House Three, the horror show. Alex MacArthur as Cynic from Kiss the Girls and Desert Hearts. Dean Winters, which I couldn't find him anywhere, plays Cleet. What exactly? He's in, but like I couldn't tell you where he is, but he's there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Silent Cozart as Lowry from Eraser and 16 Blocks. Bill Henderson is in there real quickly. Sean Patrick Thomas is in there, but I can't find them. There's not a lot of people in this film. Danny Glover's in it for yeah, a but, little cameo. But there's not like, it's like just the Gibson, Robert Stewart, and then maybe Kahan, but then everyone else is just faceless people. Um, Potts has a decent role in it. Which, uh, no, not Potts. No, no, Lowry, was, Lowry was, the guy that they keep knocking in the head. The Lowry, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, but that like he doesn't have a lot of credits. Like that's what I'm saying. He doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. But yeah, it's it's a smaller, very contained movie. Yeah, but for a big for for what seems like it should be a big film. I imagine a lot of the budget went to paying Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. I would because Mel Gibson that. at the height, and then everything is shot in New York City. Well, that's probably like, a lot of location stuff. Got to yeah. be expensive. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there are some stuff. They do some stuff with the helicopter when they're chasing them. They got stuff in the room where he just burns his whole entire set. That's true. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. So that's probably where a lot of the money went. Uh, so what you, I guess I guess we always start with you. Um, <laughs> give me some give me some first reactions here. Well, I had seen this movie a long time ago, I think on VHS. Um, my parents had bought it and at the time I was, I was watching a lot of Mel Gibson stuff cause I liked Mel Gibson. I still like him as, you know, his movies and as an actor canceled. Um, uh, yeah, no, he's a douchebag <laughs> or he's got a lot of issues. I should say. Hey, come on, come on, Butler. That's not fair. <laughs> be more, be more political, uh, politically, correct. be more nice, be, yeah. be more understanding yeah. of the complexity of human beings. He has his issues, his demons. Yeah. Uh, which but, we all have, uh, some more than others. True. Very true. Um, so I was like, I was watching a lot of Mel Gibson stuff. So like my mom had like a three pack. She used to be in love with Mel Gibson. She had like a three pack of like a VHS of like the man without a face. The one where they live forever. Forever young. Forever young. And then <laughs> one more movie as well. This one? Conspiracy there? No, it was like romance movies. It's like So there was three of them. Forever young. Um, I couldn't well, tell you what the third one was. The man without a face. Rather romance film. I'm picturing it. The year of living dangerously. That's not a, that's not a romance film. I honestly have no idea. Signs? No, I'm just kidding. 
they were all like younger, uh, older, slightly older ones. Okay. But who, whatever. So I had watched those and I liked those. I actually like Forever Young and, and Man Without a Face because I was getting to the, the age where I was really into movies and stuff like that. So right. I could watch some of those kind of things. Bird on a Wire. Without getting, it might have been. <laughs> whatever it was, it was definitely not, I definitely didn't like it as much as the other two because I okay. don't remember it at all. So I started watching some of those. So I watched Ransom and Ransom is also just okay. Yeah. It's got some good moments and conspiracy theory. My mom was like, well, you got to watch this one. I got it, but it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. When I watched it, I think even when I was younger, I was like, it's okay. Right. And I'm watching it now and I'm thinking it's okay. There's it's, some, there's some disconnect issues for me, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know if it's contrivances or just like conveniences that happen within the movie. Right. To keep the story going and to have the heroes win mm-hmm. that I just don't really like that much. Um, and kind of take me out of the movie. But I do like, like, I like Mel Gibson in it. I like his kind of, he's playing a little bit against typing like crazy. Um, he does get a little kind of action hero in certain places where I'm like, all right. But I do like that he's playing against type as, well, like, yes, crazy. I mean, that's not against type, I guess. But, you know, playing a little bit like less of like, he's he's crazy. He's not your typical, like, the typical kind of character that would lead this film. Even if someone else was playing him. Jerry is very much unhinged. And while you're watching, you're kind of like, Jerry's kind of kind of nuts. Even if he is right, he's still kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. So I like that part of it. I like Julia Roberts is pretty good in it. And I like that it's shot in New York City. A lot of it. I like the look of that. I like that it's actually New York City. Although it's supposed to be October 1st and everyone's wearing scarves and jackets. It's like, that's not October 1st in New York City. <laughs> that's like what Los Angeles thinks is cold in October. The New Yorkers are not wearing. Well, they're outside, though. I mean, maybe it was cold. People wearing scarves and gloves and hats. Well, maybe it was cold. That, he's that, driving that, a taxi. The, the rain's first. actually freezing to the windshield. So I don't I think don't they know. were filming in October. But that's, oh, oh but that's when fine. they were shooting? Oh, yeah, because he says you. it's October 1st. It's like, that's not what October 1st would look like. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the look of the movie. I like the location of the movie. And I like... The character of Jerry, but I think a lot of end of uh, Julie Roberts' character, whose name escapes me because I'm terrible at names. Alice. Alice. Alice Sutton. Alice Sutton. Oh, that's right. Because your name escapes you. Name. I say it. it was, I said it. I told you when, when, <laughs> in my in my notes, in my fact section. <laughs> Everybody knows that when you start doing your facts, I kind of you doze just start off. drinking your coffee that's and right. fall asleep. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I wonder why this podcast is ending. Uh, so, so this was shot. August, I started, they started shooting this October 14th to February 7th. So there you go. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe some of that stuff. And they were, and basically this, everything's the exception of the cemetery scene. And I guess there's a, the movie theater that Jerry goes into hides. Those two are in LA. Everything else is New York. Right. So, I mean, I like that. I think that's cool. You know, cause we talk about it a lot. Like you can't fake New York city. The people that live around here, mm-hmm. um, like you can use Toronto a little bit but not much and just shooting in Times Square, seeing the construction going on, you know, actually being there within the traffic is just really kind of takes you and puts you into the movie. Sure. And I really enjoy that. But plus, I mean, I didn't scan too much, but usually you can usually see uh, people watching, staring at the camera. Oh yeah. yeah in the because, background. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think for my biggest thing with the movie, well, to go about, so go back to Jerry. One of my notes is, is if this, I, I said, I doubt someone like Jerry would be this good looking, not smelly, not gross. Like, you know, oh, what I, I mean? have a note that said like he, he probably smells. He is the most well put together, you know, pers- uh, unhinged, paranoid person. They wouldn't shower. They, it would just be, I mean, maybe that's where just conditioned. There's nanobots in the water. I can't shower. Exactly. Um, one of my notes and, and they, they talk about it often is there is, um, they talk about people. And they talk about cases. They talk about her father. Uh, when Jerry, in the beginning, when Jerry is uh, pulling over and he notices the flooding, and he asks the kind of guy, like, "Hey, what's going on?" He, and that's when you kind of first see the people coming out of the building because the oh, building the, flooded. The feds, yeah. And and then flash forward 20, 30 minutes later into the movie, even maybe even longer, he's talking to Alice about down here. This was flooded. And they said, check his lungs. He, the guy drowned, but it probably. Oh, you're, you're all of a sudden getting all right. this information. There's all this. Makes no so sense. there's all this stuff about people and cases and other people that we have not met. We have, we don't know what he's talking about unless you're paying attention just to his dialogue. And it's like, it's very hard to kind of connect with that to that story element because I don't know what you're saying. I don't know who these people are. I'm not, I'm not really concerned. Yeah. I guess there's a quick clipping, like a newspaper headline that you see at the beginning right. that talks about the guy drowning, but it's, it's completely. 
out of nowhere because you also get the NASA stuff and you get this and that. So you don't know what conspiracy they're actually dealing with, what's right. going on. And it's all just like, oh, yeah, they flooded this rich guy, which, like you said, is that conversation in the subway is over an hour into the movie. Yeah. And those those plot points, those little things that you're talking about in the beginning of the movie are introduced in asides and him rambling in character expl- explanations, but that's it. And then they become major factors in the third act of the film, like her father being murdered by Jerry. It's like, like all I'm thinking about, think about Captain America. No, was he, which one was the one where Captain America kills his father, Stark's father? Was that, or not oh, Captain America, Civil War, but, but, but there's, a, but they're going flashbacks. You, you know, they show that. Stuff. Right. They don't show anything. They don't show anything where Jerry's there. So I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. With her father, you do get the idea that it's going to tie into the plot because they mention it a lot of times. Sure, but they I want to see it. Into it until later. Right. Yeah. But like, it's one thing, like show, don't tell. It's one thing if I'm going to, if this was a play, okay, fine. But this isn't a play. This is a movie. You need to show me. Like, I there needs to be some doubt about Jerry's character. Like, I need to see Jerry there with a gun thinking that he killed her husband, her right, father, yeah. her father. Yeah. So stuff like that. And as soon as I heard the story about how he saved her from a mugging, I'm like, obviously he's been st- he's stalking he's her stalking the whole time. Yeah. So that didn't make that. I knew that. And it, when it came as later on as a reveal by Jonas, I'm just like, mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so I guess what we were just talking about is probably my biggest issue with the film is that I, there is a disconnect between myself and the story. I agree. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, I like Mel Gibson. He's good in it. I like Julie Roberts. They're good in it, but their performances don't elevate anything else. Like I'm given like all the plot point and all that stuff is not interesting enough for me to stay with it. Like the whole it's, conspiracy angle, the Dr. Jonas it's stuff. Not interesting. Cause they just give it to you all in one big chunk. Right. Right. And, and, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like MK Ultra has been used way too much in films. Um, yeah, but I st- I still find it like infinitely interesting. I love government conspiracies and stuff like that. But but this one feels like it's just it's thrown in there to just cut. So you're gonna be like, oh, okay, and then like that's well, it. They just it's all yeah, because they give just, you. There's two big dumps of information when Doctor Jonas gives Julie Roberts like half truths. Yeah, which is mostly the truth. He just hides some things and says that Jerry killed. The only lie he says is that Jerry did kill the dad, her dad, Alice's dad. And then, but he talked about all the MK Ultra stuff. And then in the subway, Jerry just espousing all this stuff to Alice. And then yeah. also in the farm, which we don't need, is that Jerry became such good friends with her dad and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't need that. No one no. needs that. I don't need that. And let me tell you something else I don't need the romance angle. I don't need that oh, at all. I didn't remember that, you know, she. She kind of falls from. I thought she kind of goes her own way, which they kind of do. They do, but it's definitely still like, oh, I love, I care about you. No, he's still insane. Yeah, no, I, I, I hated that. I thought it felt, it felt just fake and phony, and it was just like, oh, this is what you do in movies. You have the female lead. I get it. You have Julie Roberts, Mel Gibson. Right. You have to have that sexual tension. I don't, I don't need it. It, it, it makes the movie just infinitely worse. He's a really creepy. Crazy, like you said, probably smelly. <laughs> uh, cra- older, crazy guy. And she's much younger than him, and a cop, and like all put together, not even a cop, like part of the Justice Department, and all put together. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we talked about in the last episode I edited with one of the Take Me Home Tonight. Yeah, Take Me Home Tonight, how Topher Grace's character would never go out with the, the bank lady, right? The banker. And then, you know, we talk about how that's the same in speed with. Yeah. Keanu and Sandra Bullock and it's and the they, same but at least in speed they like it's they say it they, they she, admit it so it's probably not gonna which, work out which makes it which almost makes speed two like believable more because they didn't stay together yeah. like like you know what I mean and then um collateral we talk about it as well with yeah. Jamie Foxx and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character yeah they're just it's not gonna work out right and, like movies that try to make it seem like it is are just kind of are just lying to themselves and in all those cases, well, maybe with speed is the exception because it is just like a flat out action movie. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. You didn't need that in Collateral. You didn't need that in uh, Take Me Home Tonight, which Take Me Home Tonight, to be fair, they never said they're going to be together. They're just going to no. go get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. All these kind of like contrived romances don't need to be in the movie to make it better. I would prefer if Jerry actually did kill Alice's father. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer. If, yeah. They don't get together at the end. I'm also OK with Jerry dying. Yeah, I, I didn't understand, like, is there going to be a conspiracy theory, too? 
Like I yeah. didn't, I didn't get why he survives. You're gonna because he's Mel Gibson. Well, the other thing is, you're gonna tell us everything, and all of a sudden he's got his whole memory back, pretty much. Yeah, I'll tell you, I remember most things, not everything. Where, where did this come from? <laughs> Being on the farm. Yeah, I. I that's exactly. So remembers everything. All of a sudden, but all of a sudden now it's like he's a, he is a commodity. He's an asset now for the FBI because right. they need to know more about Dr. Jonas's because they wanted him alive. How, how about I need to know more about Dr. Jonas's experiments? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> I don't understand that. There's a real wait, um, wasted opportunity as well to have Dr. Jones, like to have these other MK Ultra guys go after Jerry. Where are these other guys that he's programmed? Just send them after well, Jerry. Well, they make this, they, they talk about John Hinckley. They talk about the catch and the rise stuff and Mark Chapman, Mark, Mark David Chapman, Mark David Chapman, um, all that stuff. They talk about how like, you know, they always have the book with them. Okay. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Really all that stuff is fascinating, yeah. but then give me that movie. Just give me all of that. There's movie. not enough with that. Right. Yeah. Cause he's still obsessed with catcher on the ride. Cause whatever this movie is, is less interesting than the stuff that you've used for background, just to toss out there for background that that's more interesting to yeah. me. Like if you're going to do a movie about MK ultra, then do it. Like I always think about, I always think about this and I don't know. I, I don't know if this was the reason why it happened, but the X-Files episode where all the, uh, or the, uh, what's his face who plays Candyman. Is burning people alive, the veterans, because oh, they yeah, have yeah, these yeah, experiments. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was infinitely more. Was it MK Ultra they were saying, or was it stuff like that? But there the, are two, because there's the fire guy and there's the one where they don't sleep. That's the one, the one where they don't sleep. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. yeah. And that's that used that. And I was interested. That was interesting, that whole episode, because it was, it was about Brown. Yeah. This is just like. This is more about just Jerry. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's because it was written for Mel Gibson or they got Mel Gibson on and they just kind of made changes. I don't know about anything with the script. I just, I, it, it was just such a, I just couldn't connect with the story. I just couldn't connect with the story at all. One of my notes is that I called it conspiracy theory, the beginning of Q Q QAnon. <laughs> because, because <laughs> as he starts expounding the conspiracy theories in the beginning, I'm just like, I'm fucking tired of hearing about these. Like, oh, you know absolutely. What I mean? I'm like just, nowadays, yeah, it's too much. I'm just, yeah. I'm just tired of it. I was I thinking the same I thing. I don't want to hear it anymore. I just don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> The fluoride in the water. You know, I had to put the fluoride in the water, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, just come on. <laughs> <laughs> I do like in the beginning, I do like that he's like, uh, when he keeps talking and he looks in the back seat and there's nobody in the back seat. Yeah. Who am I talking to? Did I have some? Did it? Why? That, yeah. Why is my meter on? But that's another thing. He's so crazy. Yeah. I, and it, all of a sudden yeah. he, he's not as crazy. Yeah. It just, it didn't make sense. And there's a couple other things. And these, these might be nitpicky things, but so when they, when the, he takes Alice back to the apartment because they're on the run, right? Let's get, we can get back. Let's go back to the apartment. His yeah. apartment. Yeah. Right. We, we learned that they still stopped to get his papers. Like, so you stopped to get your newspapers, even though you were like being chased and you were trying to hide out, but you had time. You're just going to go stop and get papers. All right, fine. Whatever. Obsessive compulsive. I need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that at the end, it's very lucky how she finds him. Oh, I, you know what I, I mean? hate that. I hate so the she, vents. This, well, not even that. She Just sees the smokestacks. And so she goes there. Why do you think to go to a mental hospital? Like, why is that your assumption that he's hiding out in a in, in the mental hospital? Yeah. Why would why, he be in the factory? Right. Why isn't it some abandoned factory? And then the vent stuff where she like kind of like hears him and they start singing. I'm like, this is stupid. Because at first I thought that's where he was, was the, was the factory. Yeah. 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 But the vent stuff. Sucks. And it's so lucky that she hears him. Yeah. That's uh, where's my note? Oh, I just put she can really hear him through the basement. Yeah. The events of the large hospital. That's ridiculous. And they start singing a song that I want to say that's the first time I heard that song. It's the second time that he's doing it himself. I don't think he's doing it. Do himself. they connect with it at all? With no, this? See, that's, that's what I'm them don't connect like, It's like it. that kind of but stuff. Also, she's saying it's her, but then they have to sing to make him realize. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And also she goes back to Jerry's apartment during that to like try to find him. Yeah. It's not blocked. First, yeah. first of all, a, with these guys being how good they are at their job or supposedly good they are at the job, that apartment would have been wiped clean already. They got mm -hmm. all those deaths out of Dr. Jonas's apparent like floor in the for the, the, the like the day that day that, that day night. yeah yeah. You couldn't scrub Jerry's apartment clean. Yeah, there no. would be nothing. That would be a finished done. They would they would be investigating. They would have taken every, even though everything's burnt and everything's toast. They would have taken stuff and try to read and see what they could salvage. Oh, I would imagine they would have taken be, that board that he yeah. he put up. Everything would be gone and that would be an empty apartment already all cleaned up. <laughs> On the board is the smokestacks and they would see like, oh, we got to get the rid of that. The smokestacks, the guy they had just murdered, that yeah. Erickson guy or whatever. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, 
It makes no sense. It would either be cleaned up or there would be guards all over it. She would never be able to get past. Yeah. No. She's not a secret agent. It just makes no sense. Exactly. Let me tell you what else makes no sense. Two things. One, he doesn't know how to wear a Yankees hat. He doesn't know how to wear a baseball cap. It's so it looks oversized and up. He doesn't like it looks bad. But number two, he actually does that in Lethal Weapon too. That might just be how Mel Gibson wears hats. Number two, <laughs> he's from New York. Yes. He gets a pizza slice. Oh, he doesn't fold it. He doesn't fold it. I thought the same thing. I, I'm looking at going, do you not know how to eat that pizza? Like nobody from New York would eat that pizza yep. like that. You were eating that pizza wrong. I, that, that angers me. Almost to the Corey Feldman Burbs anger of the first episode we've ever done. Angered me that he didn't know how to eat that pizza. That angers me that he can't he doesn't fold that pizza. I, I had the same note on the pizza. I'm like, why? Why are you eating pizza like that? Yeah. While you're driving too. Yeah. Fold it. <laughs> and also that's not like authentic New York's pizza. Well, it's a big slice. So I'll give it the big slice aspect of it. Yeah. It's a big slice, but fucking fold the pizza. Cause you are not from New York. It's, if you're it's, it's undercooked <laughs> and it's too much cheese. Well, yeah, obviously. Well, it's also cold. It's also that's delivered true. to her. You can tell it's yeah. cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, cause it's still hot. Cause he asked if it's hot. Well, he's lying. So, we also didn't see the bug. There were toppings on that pizza in the first scene, yeah. by the way. But he also this is plain cheese. They also put it. the bug in the middle. So here's the thing. They, they bug the pizza. Oh, it's on the pizza circle. Well, not even that. Well, they bug the pizza. It. It's directly in the middle of the pizza. So no matter what slice he picks, he's always going to see it. Wouldn't you put it under a slice that's close to her and make sure he doesn't take that slice? Just, just make sure. Like, why do you put it in the middle where no matter what he picks, he's going to see it. Uh, also, pizza boxes are folded over. That's how they work. The yeah. sides. So put it in the side of the Why not put box. it under the box? I just, just <laughs> like, And he doesn't see it somehow. And he doesn't hear her dialing on that big ass cell phone. There's no <laughs> silent mode on the cell phone. You would hear. But that's a car. So here's the thing. That's a car he stole. That's a car he owns. They don't explain about it. So let's. What do you think? You think it's a car he owns? Or what are they driving? What are they driving at first? Her car, right? No, he's driving. He's driving another. He's driving so another. He's car. driving a car, and then he picks up another car that he's left there. Yeah, on on things. Yeah, but he does talk about how he has money stashed away for a. Rainy so I'm day. assuming that those are his cars. I guess. So yeah. he has a cell phone in his cars. He doesn't want to be tracked, but he has. He puts a cell phone. That's in his her car? cell phone. No, I thought she that was part of the car. No, that's her cell phone. Okay, she okay, takes out of her pocketbook. Right, thank God. Woo. <laughs> thank God. So. Did you would you have liked this if Jodie Foster was in this movie? Because she was I offered the lead. I saw that note. They're really good friends. Her uh, and Mel Gibson. Uh, sure. I like Jodie Foster. I think she's a fantastic actress. I don't think she could fix what's wrong with this movie. No, she. But no. I think she would do just as good a job as Julia Roberts as the character. But she turned it down to make contact, which is the right choice. Absolutely. Because contact is great. Yep. I love contact. Um. So, yeah, I think there were also a couple of there was somebody else from Mel Gibson, too, right? Wasn't there? Wasn't it offered to somebody else? Oh, first? I don't know. I didn't have that note. I, I, this is, might be the first time that I have this thought about this movie: is that I need more people in this film. I need more recognizable actors in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need not maybe I shouldn't say that. I need more supporting characters, not just faceless guys chasing them. Well, that's the thing is, you need they need other Jerry's coming after them. They need to activate yeah. other people, like in the Born Identity and that yeah, stuff. And yeah. Show me like yeah. that. Exactly what exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Show me that Catcher in the Rye novel. There's no way if Catcher in the Rye has been used since the 60s, they didn't have internet or computers. You right. Scan. Oh, someone bought this based on the. Oh, I, 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 yeah, that moment. Like, yes. That that's why everyone's got Catcher in the Rye. That's the big reveal. That's a terrible reveal. It is. It's, it's just to keep tabs. I got to know when they're buying the book. Someone bought it. It's like, yeah. you don't know it's him. You're in yeah. New York City full of millions of people. You're just going to assume one purchase is him. There's no, there was no internet in 19, what, 69 for Lee Harvey Oswald. It doesn't, doesn't, it, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, that's, that's when, a good point. When that was the thing, I was like, that's stupid. And then the helicopter, Whisper helicopter comes down. Oh, yeah, in right. the streets it's like all right it's whisper helicopter but everyone saw that fucking helicopter There's i know no way that's not making I, everyone news. can feel that wind yeah <laughs> helicopters don't land in new york city ever yeah i'm sorry that's making the news that's yeah. everywhere yeah it's there's a For yeah. one dude see and that's and that's i mean it may seem like i think that we're nitpicking the movie and we are yeah. but that's because when everything else when the bigger elements fail the story we can't connect then we just start tearing it apart because now everything's not gonna now everything we've got a problem with you know right. what i mean you know I, we talk about i think we've talked about films where the story's and but the characters are really like lockout are really good and we're absolutely, you know what i mean yeah, that's yeah. good for you you like that in here it's just it's a it's okay that's the thing is like i would rather watch lockout because i like the character rather than sure. this where the characters are eh, all right they're yeah. good enough i guess 
but the story also falls apart. I think the characters in this movie rely on the plot a little bit more than maybe in Lockout and in other films. Like right. they, the plot, like because the characters are so good. Like can, the yeah. movie's called Conspiracy Theory. That is Jerry's whole thing. You know, and like, I can't imagine that at the end of the film, he's going to get better. Like, he's still going to be doing this stuff. That's why they wouldn't work as a couple as well. But yeah, right, he's right. still always going to be crazy. He's still always going to see conspiracies. Maybe even more now that one of them was proven correct. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing, too. Was he a conspiracy theorist before Dr. Jonas got him? Or did Dr. Jonas make him this? It, was he a trained assassin? Was he in the military? Well, what, like, what is his background? In MK Ultra, they took mostly people that work for the government already. Right. But they also took some people off the streets. So you, but they don't explain it. No, they just throw it. They put it out there so that it would, it, it almost like does the work for you in terms of like puts you in the mindset of, okay, I know what they're talking about. The other thing is the conspiracy that they keep talking about in the movie up until you find out about this drowned guy that all of a sudden the earthquake the, stuff is the earthquake and NASA NASA causing the earthquake. Cause they want to kill the president. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out that's not the conspiracy. No. But then why am I being, complete like inundated with this with this earthquake nasa nonsense i don't know if it doesn't pan out and at the same time that would make more sense because the stakes for killing a rich guy and drowning him we don't know why they did it that's yeah i don't care why they did it it's mm -hmm. not i would rather the conspiracy theory even if it was just a dump was about like saving the world or saving america or saving the give me some stakes well think of the movie rising sun it's a rising sun the one with uh sean connery and uh, what Wesley Snipes? Yes, was yeah. it Rising Sun? It's yeah, yeah. That's a mystery that they have to solve. It's a contained mystery. Like this movie needs a contained mystery, not an overarching, grandiose thing that he is unlocking something. Like it needs a contained mystery, like maybe the billionaire getting drowned that we never meet. So I just think if a, a contained story would maybe make me more interested. I agree, but I need to care more about the case. Agreed. I don't care about a rich guy getting murdered. Agreed. Like, I need to know that he was working on this or, like I said, the president thing. Just You got to make it, a, you got to give bigger stakes. Mm -hmm. Or I need to know, which if that was a more contained mystery, I would probably know why this billionaire was a big deal. But as it is, it's like, so you burst some pipes in a subway mm -hmm. to drown some dude. Why do I care? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Did you see the note about how uh, he met? Uh, Richard Donner met the screenwriter, uh, Brian Helbland. Oh, I did, yeah. Holding up a sign that says, uh, I'm a screenwriter we'll looking write, for work. We'll write for work for money. Yeah. And then, like, they they struck up a conversation and he gave him a chance. It's like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all it takes? Yeah, he ended up writing L.A. Confidential. <laughs> assassins. Uh, I love L.A. Confidential. And I actually like Payback. Uh, I know that. I have to watch Payback again. I was okay with it when it first came out, but I think I might like it now more. I think they re-edited it too, though. So I think there was some issue with Payback. Payback. Yeah, Payback. Paycheck's the one with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, there was some issue with Payback that I can't remember whether it was Mel Gibson re-edited it or something. Something happened. So it makes a little bit more sense now. Uh, no, 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 no. Like it, when the movie was done, right. something happened with the movie towards that. I can't remember the the facts around it. I'm sure someone's going to correct me. <laughs> But something happened where it was there was some kind of little controversy to, for the movie. So when it came out, people were like, oh, it's going to be terrible. And I actually, I liked it. I liked Mel Gibson in that. It's okay. Um, but I guess this guy also is one of the only writers, Brian Helgeland. Helgeland is one of the only writers to have both a Academy Award for writing and a Razzie for writing at the same time. That's fun. And he's one of only four people to accept his Razzie because he also he got the Razzie for The Postman. Which The Postman wasn't great. But I don't know if it was the worst screenplay no. that year. The the best thing about the postman is the joke from The Simpsons when it when, when they had the the commentary by oh, Kevin Costner yes. apologizing for the movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. That's funny. But no, you're right. The postman is just long. The it's postman's just boring, really yeah. long. But it's got postman's got decent moments in the movie. I can point to a few moments in the film, yeah. but like it's it's a long film. Uh, so I get it. I think people were just kind of tired of the the big Kevin Costner big, epic Kevin films because yeah. I mean I always. I like Tombstone, but I really like Wyatt Earp, uh, the one with uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Dennis Quaid who plays Doc Holliday. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. But I, I prefer Tombstone, but I've only seen Wyatt Earp like once. See, here's the thing. I was, it wasn't like really paying attention. Here's I, 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 Tombstone's got some great moments and I like Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. But like you being an actor, obviously, you mm -hmm. I think you would like Dennis Quaid's Doc Holliday better because because. Welcome to Doc Holidays is really good, but it's, it's like over the top. it's very like, yeah, it's very theatric out there. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid's Doc Holiday is he's doing a lot. 
And right. I think you would appreciate it a little bit more. I'll watch it again. But 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 both performances are great and both movies are great. The Tombstone's great. I love, you know, tell a mom coming and hell's coming. That's a great fucking line. And and I love Tombstone, but I think White Herbs gets crapped on because you you can like both. Like I think that's the idea. Oh, absolutely. All right. So back to the movie. Did you notice that he says IMF? So are we saying he does, he does the say impossible mission force is part of this world. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's not a real thing. And the other reason why I'm bringing up the IMF is like, did you see Tom Cruise jumping out of that plane? I was going to send that to you because <laughs> I had sent you the, or the, the day before he did the jumping out of the plane thing, but then they had the moat. Oh no. Oh, the I motorcycle thing. Motorcycle we thing jumped. Thing I think I saw that stun like in the trailer. So oh, they I was showed like, it in the yeah. trailer and they didn't talk about yeah. it. But that was like the first time you actually saw the stuff. And I'm just, oh my well, God. Well, see, I didn't want to watch it. I know what you're talking about. I didn't want to watch it because I just want to watch the movie. I was starting to get like, they I don't, don't want to see too much. They what the actual scene yeah. looks like. They just show it like from going off the ramp yeah. and all that. Yeah. That was just like 1,800 hours of jumps. And nice. Like, oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> well, that's what he, he does the jump and he's frightened. He's really scared of the jump and he goes, I think I can hold on to the bike longer. And he does it they, to say he did it six more times. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so, yes, the IMF does exist. So, yeah, His name so, is Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ethan Hunt, yo. They should, just, they should just now have Mel Gibson come back as Jerry in the, next, in the last IMF movie. Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> the show is real. I, you know what? This is one of those movies that it's forgotten. And I think it's forgotten for like the right reasons. And I think that. I think if you say something, oh, I saw conspiracy theory. Oh, I remember that. But like, I don't think people ever really want to go back to it. Well, why did you put it on the list? Because I thought I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think because I, I remember. Did I put it on the big list? You put it on the big list. I think I always a, remember me thinking this movie is just okay. I think because it was a 90s Mel Gibson movie, I think I enjoy. I remembered parts of it. But I'll be honest, when I watched it, there was a lot of stuff I did not remember. Here's the thing I remember the most, and it's because it's the only scene I really like, and that's the scene where he first gets captured. When, wait a minute, it, when, they, when, when they drown him, they're putting him in the water? No, when he gets the tape on his eyes. Yes, that's the scene we're talking about. Yeah, they yeah. put him in the water with the tape on his eyes. They put him in the water? They push him back, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, yep. And like, the cartoon's going off, and then he's, he's because the whole thing is very Sam Raimi, Evil Dead. Sure. And I really, I just think it's really kind of kooky, creepy, and uh, has some action in it. And I think that would have been a better movie. It's such a different style than the rest of it. Yeah. Or if they went with that silly style, because in the hospital it's a little silly too. Hey, with the with the oatmeal on his face and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So like they do a lot of silly crap at the beginning, and then they kind of get a little bit more serious as the movie goes. Yeah. Um, and I think if they kept the silliness going, I would like it more because then it's like okay, because this is kind of like a, a slightly more an action comedy or an action thriller kind of movie. Right. Right. So or comedy thriller, and I think I would have liked that better. Mm-hmm. Like biting. Uh, oh, his Doctor Jonas's nose is gross. Seeing the cartoons going like ah, I, seeing the two two versions of him in the hallway, but it's really the other oh, right, agent right. him. I, I thought that was I like that mm-hmm. and interesting, and it doesn't look like your typical Donner film either. No, I think it feels like it action wise, but yes, it doesn't feel like a, a the, yes. Agreed it's very with you. crazy and kind of plays with your mind, which I think right. if you're gonna just deal with like the conspiracy doesn't really matter. It's all about Jerry. Mm-hmm. I think we should, as the audience, feel a little disconnected like Jerry does, which that is the only moment where that really happens. Yeah. Other than us really not knowing what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Janet Maslin, the New York Times, who loves everything. I'm joking. The only sneaky scheme at work here is the one that inflates a hollow plot to fill two one and a quarter hours while banishing skepticism with endless close-ups of big, beautiful movie star eyes. Gibson delivering one of the hearty, dynamic star turns that have made him... It, it, the Peter Pan of the blockbuster set makes Jerry much more boyishly likable than he deserves to be. The man who talks to himself and mails long delusional screeds to strangers, not all screeds is not only using the dreamboat type after the, after the story enjoys creating real intrigue, it becomes tied up in knots as with way too many high concept escapades, conspiracy theory tax on a half hour of hasty explanations and mock sincere emotion. And the last scene is an outright insult. Anyone who took the movie seriously at its start. <laughs> She's referring to when Jerry sees her riding on the oh yeah the on the horse. horse. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what we're saying. I don't know about the delivers one of the hearty dynamic star turns. I mean, it's his role is his his performance is good, but I don't know if it's memorable like that. I don't you know what I mean? No, it's it's a notch above like it's where Riggs would have would have probably went like the craziness. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good, but yeah, it's not one of his most memorable. No, 
I do agree that like that Peter Pan thing is like true. Like that gives Jerry more boyish charm than he needs. Cause like yes. we said, he should be a little crazier. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be interesting for Jerry to be the hero, but Jerry needs to a die uh, and be not be with Anne at the end. Yeah, no, I it's the, the Alice. Yeah, no, Alice, it's right. stupid. Uh, Mick LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle says, if I were paranoid, I might suspect the conspiracy at work in the promoting of this movie to suck in an audience within a catchy hook and then give them something much more clumsy and pedestrian. I agree with that big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert also called this, it cries out to be a small film. I, this would be a really good indie without the action. Like, like just an indie oh, yeah, yeah, the paranoia. Yeah. yeah. I think once it starts, I think that maybe that's a lot of the issue too. It, it try, it wants to desperately be an action film and it's right. not an action film story. You know what I mean? It wants to be a summer movie and it should be a fall movie. Right. And plus, you know, when you bring on Mel Gibson in the 90s, you're, you're, you're expecting action. Yeah. yeah, you're expecting an action star. You have an action star in this film. Which I think is kind of what happened to a lot of Bruce Willis movies back in the day as well. Like uh, movies that didn't need a lot of action, get more like Mercury Rising, where I really like the plot, I think has too much ridiculous action. That's when the kid is autistic and he can read numbers or something he like that. He uncodes, yeah, CIA documents. Right. But again, that ends up having a lot of action that it would have been better more as a thriller. Yeah, I think when you when you start, you're right. When, when you, you start putting stars. action stars in, but like, <laughs> I will say this: so like, you know, when you have Arnold Schwarzenegger in films like Jingle All the Way and Kindergarten Cop, those movies that are supposed to be comedies, the action in there makes sense, like because it's within the plot. Sure, it's not, yeah. It those don't feel forced. I mean, the jing- at the end of Jingle All the Way is ridiculous, but it's funny because you're you know that's what you want at the end. It's a kid's comedy Christmas. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, I, I, but this starts itself as a serious thriller, or maybe even like. With a little bit of humor mixed in. Right. It's not an action movie. Then all of a sudden it becomes an action movie. Right. Right. So, I mean, who would you, would you recommend this to people if they were like revisiting Mel Gibson movies? I if mean, I'm, re- watching- I'm telling what I'm telling them about all lethal weapons, but. I mean, yeah, I would start with lethal weapon. You know, if you're more like a drama guy, I guess I would be like man without a face or Maverick. Or Braveheart. Is, Braveheart's really good. If you can sit through the Obviously. whole thing. Braveheart's Depends really, Braveheart's really good. About. Maverick's really good. Oh, I fun. love Maverick. Maverick's one I think that people don't talk about enough because it's just it's such I'm a good movie. I'm pretty sure Maverick's on the big list. It probably is. Um, yeah, Maverick is really good. Like I, the uh, like Mad Max. Oh, of course. Um, so you're basically there are probably like ten to twelve films that you're recommending to people. Just primarily, like I like Mel Gibson movies, not this over this film. Yeah. So I, you, this film's not bad, but it's just there are so many. There's so many more memorable. He did so much work in the 90s. Oh, of course. There's so many more memorable Mel Gibson. 80, 90s Mel Gibson is white hot. Yeah. And it's so many different genres. Yeah. I would probably say if you're looking for a movie of this ilk, when he tried to like slowly slide away from action, maybe like I think Ransom is better than this. Payback is better than this. I've not seen Ransom in forever. I haven't seen it in a long. I did watch the end not long ago. It was on at my parents' house, but I don't. I still think this was a better, like, I was never a huge fan of Ransom, but I think Ransom is a better movie than this. And I think that. Gary Sinise. Yeah. Mostly because Gary Sinise. And I just, I'm trying to remember who else was in and it. And the girl, the girl who kidnaps the kid is really I good. I can't remember. I can't remember anybody in this, in that film. The girl who's the main character in The Haunting. Monet. Rene Russo. No. That's the mom. Delroy, Lily Taylor. Yes. Delroy Lindo. There we go. Um, Leif Schreiber. <laughs> Anyways, good. So that and payback, like you said, payback is a little bit more fun as well, and edited a little weird. Payback's like a revenge film too. It yeah. comes back to so get if you're the looking people for that, something yeah. a little different from Mel Gibson. I, will, I just think this is pretty low on the list. I will say this: if we're talking, about, it's not a Mel Gibson film, but a film that I really like, like more and more and more is Signs. Uh, is damn. I, I oh, when Signs I when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's not bad. But like, I really like Signs. So I keep watching it. It's on. I'm just like, oh, this is really. I put signs in the big list because I think people don't appreciate it. Because I think the I most the thing people talk about it now is either you know they talk about the water angle. Oh, they don't like it. They just don't like it because the water angle. Like we talk about ridiculous twists, but it's like the rest of the movie is great. I have never been more like tense during a movie mm-hmm. than the basement scene when the flashlight drops. Yeah, and then you get the kid. And you see the I was arms like, come out. I yeah. was gripping yeah. my my movie theater chair, going, oh, "The kid's gonna die." The kid's yeah. gonna. And like I, that movie is phenomenal. I th- I think that um yeah. I, that's a movie that, and I've read notes about it too. Where, 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 if you want to, if you have any kind of question whether Gibson can act, that's a movie where he has to be so introspective. 
Yep. And it's a movie where, and he talks about how he, there was so much going on that that's inward that he, it's a movie that he's never, it was his fir- one of the first times like dealing with that kind of thing. It was very hard for him to do. And he had to learn how to just kind of like, cause it wasn't an action film and he does it really well. Uh, it's got a nice scene at the end. It's got a nice moment at the end where they do that, that shot when they pull out and clearly the snow is green screened in there, but like, oh, you know yep. what I mean? They come over and he's, he's back he's in his, his, his pre- yeah. priest outfit. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's a really good film. It's, I think it's overlooked often. I love Unbreakable. We're talking about M night. I love Unbreakable. I love the sixth sense. Um, I love the first part of the village and I love the <laughs> science, but, um, but yeah, no, I, anyways, it, you know, we're talking about Mel Gibson film. That's where we went there. So where are we saying that? Um, why are we saying that this movie conspiracy theory is forgotten? Use too many people get knocked on the head and get knocked out. <laughs> they that. knock out more people. I do like that part, uh, but I do <laughs> like that with Lowry when they're like, oh, are you really, are you faking? Some, are you really, <laughs> are you pretending? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then he has to hit him again. <laughs> And then when she hits him, she, sorry, everyone says the sorry. No, no. I do like that because a lot of times in movies when people get in there, they're they out. Just knocked out. So I do like that moment, but go ahead. They do it too much. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's forgotten. Um, I think like we said, it's a small cast and like Mel Gibson's the only real guy in there. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help it. Um, you know, he had huge star power in 1987. This movie made money, but even then it didn't make a ton. I'd be interested with no. the takes of uh, like other movies like Ransom and Lethal Weapon like four probably was around 1997 like the movies like uh but that's also got the lethal weapon you know fan base to watch it like what does other movies did in comparison to this lethal weapon 4 was 98 98 how and much obviously that made a ton of money because it was lethal weapon. that oh yeah that made um gosh, that budget's 140 million Whoa, but double it, this one but it made 130 domestic 285 total yeah like that's making a ton of money yeah. i would imagine ransom made more i would imagine payback <sighs> probably did less than conspiracy theory I mean, Ransom was 96. Ransom did 136 domestic total 309. So yeah, still more. So I think people just kind of dropped off. I don't think this movie had good word of mouth for a lot of the reasons we're probably saying. Well, that just tells you, that also shows you how bankable of a star Mel Gibson is at this time. Right. You know, it's and, not just, we're not playing lip service to it. And, and you know, we're not, uh, we get it. There's other things that we already kind of referenced in terms of like, what is his personal life? Yeah, we're but, talking about nineties Mel Gibson. But we, but his career, yeah, yeah. So payback did uh, eighty one um, domestic, one sixty one worldwide. That has a budget of ninety million. So I mean, it, that did okay, but that was ninety nine. So that's right. probably towards yeah. So I mean, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Patrick Stewart. You know, Jean Luc Picard all the way, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a bankable star. And that's that's another thing of like the sci-fi movie curse. Like once you're a very few people can escape that once you're a well-known kind of mythology actor, mm-hmm. it's tough to get out of that role because you become such an icon. He's also three years away from X-Men and that's two because that's 2000. So right. he's I mean, I think that's where when once once he was Professor X and X-Men and that kind of broke him from just the Star Trek stuff. But you know what I mean? What, what else? Like he did like the Shakespeare stuff in like yeah, in the yeah. Movies, well, he did the, the when he played Dickens. Or uh, no, I'm sorry, not Dickens. When he played um, Scrooge. Well, he did that that, but he also did the one where he's uh, Moby Dick when he plays. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, so he, he did, did a lot of like TV stuff, a lot of BBC stuff, a lot of stuff overseas that came over here. Yeah. So, but I don't think he's got that draw power that I think, and I don't think even if he did, even if we're saying he does have that kind of draw, mm-hmm. I don't. No one wants to see him as a bad guy. True, I guess. Yeah. Like, I know that's what he played a lot before he became Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. He played a lot of bad guys. Yeah. But after he played Jean-Luc, no one wants to see him as, you know, he's everyone's favorite space dad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I don't think every, anybody wants to see him as the villain. And he is. And it just, and he's a villain that doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you don't know enough about. Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson are really the reason you're watching this movie. And I don't know if that's enough. No memorable villain, no memorable story. You know, it's an okay watch. It's a good movie night movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe like I like we say, we never get to see the rentals. Uh, what they make some <laughs> rentals. That's but, true. But so, sometimes we do, sometimes yeah, we don't. This is a movie that would do better in rentals, and it went up against a decent amount of other movies as well. Right. I mean, it, I know they wanted it to be PG thirteen, but because of some of the violence and the subject matter of the movie, they made it R anyway, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't have an F word in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Donner was not pleased with, but I don't think that would help because Spawn came out and something else had uh, come out. See, here's the thing though with Mel Gibson and uh, cause we, most people that get in trouble in terms of outside of movies, you know, you never hear from him again, but like right. he's 
going to be in the Continental TV miniseries. That's pretty much the John Wick universe. Mm -hmm. He is in pre-production for two big films, the sequel to Passion of the Christ, Resurrection, and Lethal Weapon 5. I'm telling you. I know you think it's stupid, but it's, if he does that, that movie is going to be is going to make a lot of money. Thank God you're out of the theater business because <laughs> that movie's going to be big. Um, so he's still working. So I, you know what I mean. Like I get it, but still, he's still he's still working because a lot of his. I, I, I don't really want to get into. His we don't thing, have but to. We don't have to. I think a lot of that is also a lot of his thing was due to his alcohol addiction. Agreed. And I mean, and, although that's just bringing out what's inside of you, the demons that already are yeah, there. Yeah, but you, but, but like, again, he, he did, and he but does, he, he does. Also so successful. Right. That I think that he can still do some well, stuff. Well, he is, that's the thing. Like I, I was, cause I was going through all his movies in the nineties and he's a, a huge bankable star. Yeah. Like there's just like, there we're talking about Maverick. There are few people yeah. that are as big as him. Like, like his hammer was 90 and then you got Lethal Weapon 3, Forever Young. And you got Man Without a Face, Maverick, Braveheart, Ka- and he's in Casper, but that's uncredited. Uh, Ransom. He's in Casper? Yeah, it's uncredited though. Uh, Conspiracy Theory, Lethal oh, Weapon 4. Dad? I believe so. Okay. Payback. Chicken Run. The Patriot is 2000. What Women Want is 2000. We Were Soldiers, 2002. Signs. And then The Passion of the Christ. And then it's like, that's where, once 2000, like Apocalypto, when he started directing his own stuff, that's kind of where, you know, a little bit. That's kind of where he kind of, his his, it took a turn and and, and all that stuff happened. But but like 90s, he's like, he's making money. I didn't even think Ransom made that much money. Well, we always talk about like, there's a fall from grace for these actors. Sure, of course. So it's like, but when you're, that high in the stratosphere, mm-hmm. the fall's not going to be as far as like right. other people. Right. It's like the cancel culture can only drop you so far. Sure. But you're still going to be a bankable star. Sure. Absolutely. So, Where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, ForgottenEntertainment.com. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you. We might be ending, but the song never ends. <laughs> a little Doctor <laughs> Who reference for you. Uh, so check out all the other great stuff we have on Forgotten Entertainment. You can also obviously still listen to the rest of our 200 episodes that we have for you. It's actually 198, but we've done stuff for no, other people. It's so. 16 times four, 13, 16 season times 13 episodes is 208 episodes. 16 times 13. Right. Are, so okay. it's 208 episodes. If you count, if you add in the episodes that when we're doing bonus stuff, I you're, we're probably at 230 maybe. Sure. I don't know if we're at 250, okay. but we're definitely somewhere between 225 and 240. We got a crap ton of episodes. There are. So there are. So go ahead and listen to those. Listen to the other podcasts. Uh, wherever you listen to us, subscribe, rate, all that stuff. Still helps the podcast grow. You know, we're an evergreen podcast. So yes. you know, help get the name out. Maybe if, you know, we, we do like a billion people. Butler's hope, back but, see, this is what Butler's hoping. Butler's <laughs> hoping that someone discovers the podcast and reaches back out to us and starts wanting to pay us to do the podcast. That is what Butler's hoping. That's my, the dream. I, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> I know that's what you just say, Butler. Just be just openly admit you're a whore. Um, Absolutely. I've never not admitted that. We've, <laughs> I've admitted that several times in this podcast. <laughs> so join us next week. Uh, there is one more episode after this episode. So go to it. It's the episode we're going to answer some questions that people sent to us many months ago and uh we're going to just answer those questions and we're just going to kind of give us some reflections on the whole four years and and all that stuff there will be no crying it'll be a shorter episode hopefully (laughs) so um so join join that one that's probably hopefully that's out now but until then uh i guess we'll see you later i'm mike phil i'm mike butler and this has been the forgotten cinema podcast (laughs) (laughs) suck it up